Okay, good morning. Welcome to this session of She Leads in Tech, where we exist to showcase and spotlight the, achieving, uh, the achievements of women in tech. Uh, women in tech still occupy only 5% of leadership positions in the tech industries, according to a PwC report. And there are several factors behind these statistics, including women facing issues with imposter syndrome, a lack of investment in development opportunities for women to enable that step into, into leadership. And today I'm joined by an accomplished leader in her field, Chichi Erichalu. She's the head of leadership development at Multiverse. Multiverse is an edtech startup whose mission is to provide an alternative an, an alternative to university education and corporate training via professional apprenticeships. So thank you, Chichi, for joining us today. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation on scaling up leadership. Thank you, Lydia. Really, really pleased to be here with you. Thank you, Chichi. So to get started, would you mind telling us about you and your career journey to date? Yeah. Um, so like you said, I currently um, head of leadership development at Multiverse. I've been at Multiverse for three and a half years. Um, and in my time here, I have, uh, prior to that, I was running the delivery team. So that was a team of almost like around 200 people delivering coaching to our apprentices. Uh, and I've kind of led different teams in, in, in Multiverse. And then prior to that, I was, uh, I had my own business where I was doing business coaching and strategy, working with founders and and sort of SMEs helping them to really grow and establish their brands and leveraging digital marketing to do that. And then um, I guess my career started fresh out of university. Mm -hmm. um, I did business finance and I thought I wanted to be an accountant. I kind of did my first couple of weeks at University of Durham and accountancy was Monday mornings. And I was like, I don't really enjoy accounting. I enjoy business. Um, yeah. I remember growing up, my dad had his own business and I would spend summers there and I'd, and he'd be teaching and I'd be learning things. So I'd always been really interested with that. So I left university and joined a graduate scheme because that's what we did and, um, and entered into sort of commercial banking um, at HSBC and spent kind of 10 years there doing um, sort of finance role. And then I moved into sort of a more uh, people um, HR support role. So this was sort of looking at how to um, develop our management trainees and unlike mm -hmm. the, the individuals in the region and then um, moved down to head office where I was in the project management team. So it was at that point when I was um, looking at what was next for me and I had worked on Apple Pay as a, pro as a project and I really enjoyed the marketing side and I, and I realized actually I enjoy business and I enjoy marketing. Yeah. Um, and that sort of then led me into sort of doing my own thing. So I've done lots of different things and, um, and I feel like they've all really helped and equipped me to, to do the things I do today. Um, and I think at the time you don't always realize it, but then, you know, Steve Jobs says, when you look back, the dots all connect. So. Yes, they do indeed. And I guess all of this led to, led to your current position as head of leadership development at Multiverse. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, so my role, uh, primary focus is to help equip and empower the leaders to basically operate their best you know, we're off, when we, we, our business is very fast growing. Um, you know, when I joined, we were about 50 people. We're now 650 in a space of three years. And so the, the leadership layer is really, really critical for the success of the business. They're the ones who are managing the coaches, uh, you know, or managing the team members. And, and we all know that individuals often leave organizations because of their managers. Um, we know that people are often dissatisfied with their jobs because of their managers. And so helping that layer 
to be really clear what it means to be a leader, um, to be equipped with the tools to lead well, but also doing that really quickly because they're ramping up quite quickly is really key. So I do that through, um, I do um, you know executive coaching, I do group coaching, I, I do training, I run um, onboarding programs, and I also run sort of accelerator programs. This is where we're looking at um, different levels in the organization who wants to sort of move to senior levels and how do we kind of facilitate that and support them through that. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I guess for you personally, what motivates you as a leader? So what motivates me? I love developing others. Mm-hmm. I've always had this passion for seeing other people uncover the things that maybe unbeknownst to them are, are, are gifts and, and talents that they have, mm-hmm. and then really helping them to hone in and, and grow them, helping you to identify what are your strengths and then help you to double down on what those are. So that's always been innately with me. And I, and I you know, there's this thing, our, our leaders grown or you naturally leader. If you talk to my parents, they would tell you that I'm a, a natural leader. I'm the first of six. So I've always naturally, that's a position I always naturally fall into leading. But yeah. I very much enjoy um, kind of, you know, motivating, carrying people along, coaching people. When mm-hmm. individuals have, you know, problems or concerns, um, I, I'm, I love to solve problems. And so a lot of the time when you're managing people, you're, you're solving problems and you're helping them to find solutions to those problems. So it's something I, I just naturally enjoy and it's, it's sort of my happy place. So helping and, and developing <laughs> others, I love it. That is so good because I think it was one of the things that was uh, highlighted in the PwC report that a lot of women tend to um, gravitate towards companies that have have a shared sense of value. So for you, leadership and motivating, carrying people along is important for you. And I think that's that's now become uh, what you do as as your career and indeed as head of leadership development. So I think that's that's really a good point to to call out there. So. In terms of that growth journey, you mentioned uh, during your career overview that you've, you know, when you started at Multiverse, you were only around 50 people, but now the team has scaled up to around 650 people. And I believe that's across the globe, not just in the UK. So how did that process of scaling up your, your, your leadership happen from leading a team of 50 to now leading a much bigger team that is spread across the globe yeah so let me clarify so um when I joined I joined as a coach so I was part of so the whole organization was 50 people and maybe the coach team was around 20 Mm. and at that point I wasn't managing I was an IC individual contributor my role was to go and deliver training to apprentices Mm. Um, and so I did that for like five six months and then I was asked to manage um other coaches in the team Mm. and and so that's when I sort of started managing um within multiverse I had done management in in HSBC before so I was doing that and then as the team grew uh, this is when um, the next opportunity came to sort of expand that management and so there's two routes to growing your management Uh, it's you can either be asked to kind of take on additional people and so you know you can't look after this unit and this unit and this unit so at the time I was looking after digital marketing as a program then I was asked to look after digital marketing the data program and the software engineering program so three mm. new programs so then your obviously your scope increases um, so that's one way and then another way is for you to still have those programs so when I had those programs um, and this is right at the beginning of the pandemic we continue to hire into those programs. So then yeah. your sort of the, the, the scope is still the same, but the reach is bigger because the teams become bigger. So you're then finding that you're managing more people. Um, you're still managing those three programs, but you're, you're managing more people. 
Um, and then the, the sort of the final growth step was then when I was promoted to manage all the programs um, at mm. Multiverse. So we have seven slash eight programs. So all the coaches, program leads, team leads, all the things in that was basically the remit of the role. Um, so going back to that sort of analogy of um, increasing the scope, the scope got bigger, bigger, yeah. it kind of doubled. Um, but then, then, but the role then became bigger because the role yeah. effectively in the year that I had, I did that role, the, the team doubled in size. So still the same programs, but more people because we're hiring um, quite a lot of people. So yeah. on both sides, you're, it, there's different adjustments needed and there's different mm-hmm. things you've got to do because it just depends um, on the actual situation. Yeah, and I know you, uh, your, your growth happened as part of that wider business growth process, but were there any stages in the process um, that informed your own individual readiness to be able to take on those more people and, and as an extension, increase scope in the business? How did you know you were ready to do that from starting off as a coach and then move into you know, manager and then eventually now head of leadership development? So I think the first, oh no, the second managerial position where I went from running one program to three, that was a kind of significant step because it, you're becoming a manager of managers then. So no longer you're just managing the coaches, you're managing the people who run the teams to manage the coaches. Mm. And that was a significant change because A, from a mindset perspective, you're now another step removed from those who are like at the front line. Yeah. And I remember reflecting and you know I don't have a background in data so I'm sitting here thinking like I don't know data in the same way like the head of program knows data but she Mm -hmm. is sort of reporting into me I don't know software engineering I don't code I mean I could do basic but I don't know not to that extent but I do know digital marketing and so what you find at that point is that you're then realizing that the skills that you need Mm -hmm. is not actually the technical skills you're being promoted or moving into this role or you're asked to do this role because of your leadership skills, because they know that you're a good people manager. And that's something that I also noticed that the more senior you get, you're actually being uh, not tested, well, tested is the wrong word, but the, 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 the role is to manage people. And so yeah. it's, it's like, how effective are you at managing people? So, they, so I'd proven with the, the digital marketing program that yes, I could manage the team and I could also manage the program and um, you know, great, create um, great outcomes for that program. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the thing was like, okay, we have this new program um, it's fairly new data we want you to sort of do the same and so it's like okay and that's when I had to be very mindful of recognizing that, like I don't know data so this mm-hmm. requires me to have very strong SMEs who I support and um, and who support me um, mm-hmm. but focus and remind myself of why I'm in this, why I'm in this role is to, to manage the, 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 the structure of the people and, and to drive that, that bit of the business forward so that's the thing you know um, we, we've had this conversation before about you know how much technical ability do you want to take into that next role as a, as a leader? Yeah. Having a level of understanding uh, is important because all the programs function the same. They just have, you know, they're just a different topic, for example. So that was mm-hmm. always there. And that credibility piece is really critical. But to know everything about data, no, I don't need to. I still don't know everything about <laughs> the data programs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you're in meetings and discussing, I would always be like, can you explain this to me again? Can yeah. you simplify this again? And I actually feel that it makes you more of a, you're, you're less uh, complacent because you ask better questions because you don't understand. So you, mm-hmm. you're very much sort of tell me more about this and explain this to me on why, why are we doing that? So there's different um, you know, avenues around that. So in terms of readiness, you're, you're then looking to see, am I ready to expand my own reach and scope as a leader? Can I manage more people? I'm able to adjust the way I, I lead and manage because managing 
a individual is different to managing a manager who manages mm. individuals. Yeah. Yeah, I guess from all you said, is that significant shift from being an individual a contributor to moving into a more strategic yeah. leader that's also key here as well. Um, but as you said that, the, the question, next question I was playing in my mind was around how that increased scope would or would have or, or impacted you. Maybe, maybe it didn't, but I just wanted to check, did that growth create any issues with burnout for you because burnout is one of the uh, common themes alongside imposter syndrome with women in tech and entering leadership in in general so did you feel burned out because your responsibilities and the people you manage increased or was it all just a a level um, ramp up of activity that didn't impact you I'd be lying if I said it didn't impact me I think you have to be very honest and recognize that when you are when you start a new role anyway there's a a level of time needed to ramp up but we went through that year when I was director we went through an immense level of growth and we were also sort of like sort of restructuring and figuring out how different things were working and all that sort of thing and so I had to go through quite a fundamental mindset shift of sort of this is my role now and these are the new boundaries I need to put in place and that was quite hard if I'm quite honest I went from sort of um you know people want to book a coffee, coffee chat with you to like you know, need to go and talk to my assistant type thing um you know you go from being able to just say yes to things where actually you can't because you, you don't have time and you have to be in different things and different meetings mm. you're having to delegate more and trust your team more and, and that's why it's so key to have the right people in the right roles in your team Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then you find yourself picking up their work. You find yourself mm-hmm. um, trying to cover the gap and then you're doing your job and somebody else's job. So, yeah, I would say that um, it's a different mindset shift. You know, when at director level, you're, you, you have to be more laser focused on the things that are kind of forward thinking the strategic direction of the, 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 the business unit that you're managing. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily going to be in the detail of the day to day in the same way but you still need to know what's happening so for me I was learning okay how do I still know what's happening in the business without having without talking to every single coach how do I make sure that key messages are being shared down um how do I make sure that uh you know we have a consistency across all the things that we're doing and this is where like having um I had and I still have incredible mentors who have been there and done this who I'll be like okay how do I do this or this is the problem I'm having how do Mm. I fix this problem or you know I'm like I listen to a podcast and it's talking about you know communication at scale and I'm like okay how about I set up a a forum for the coaches so they're like four levels between me and them but I have a representative from every program we meet once a month and that's my way of hearing from them how Mm. things are happening and what's going on sort of thing so yeah you have to look after yourself I talk about it all the time to lead others well you have to lead yourself well and Mm. I you know for me I went through moments where I didn't look after myself like the gym became my distant memory um <laughs> you know you become very busy and and the first year uh so this obviously the, the first the, the year direct, being a director I we were sort of coming out of the pandemic the previous mm-hmm. year was when I had that other role managing those three programs we were in the pandemic so you yes you know, you're homeschooling you're running teams you're hiring and recruiting <laughs> so I feel like in a way the pandemic was a bit of a blessing because it was 
forced me to be very ruthless around I can't I don't have any time I, I'm having mm. to spend the mornings with my kids and so when I come back in the afternoon I can only focus on these things and you have to kind of give that out to people so yeah uh to answer the question you you know you do have to you have to recognize there's a change and I say this to people all the time you have to let go of some things in your old role because it's very easy to carry on the um, and carry forward some of the things from your old role particularly if you're in the same organization you yeah. have to have a clear line of like okay I'm no longer this role and I'm now mm-hmm. this role so what yeah. does that mean and what needs to change um and that's really really important yeah that's that's a good answer thank you very much and in terms of developing that consistency of messages because you messaging because you're more or well further removed if I can say from the the coaches and other people who directly uh, deliver the, the 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 outcomes you set out from your team how do you ensure you have a consistent messaging and vision so what you decide at your level doesn't get diluted and and completely change when it gets to the person executing either the code or implementing a program yeah it's a really great question and and I would say there's there's sort of different ways of approaching this uh one it goes back to again having the right people in the right roles Mm -hmm. so those individuals who are like my next the kind of my leadership team and then the sort of then their leadership teams again right people in the right roles it's about investing the time with those individuals so I remember when I first came into that role and one of my mentors was saying like your role now is to develop your immediate reports you know you need to kind of forget about those below um, and not in a sort of mean way but sort of like that that's their job to then develop those guys so if you spend your time developing your core team then the trickle effect would come down so it's investing in your core team It's, it's establishing what does excellence mean for us as a team and how do we um, ensure that that is uh, kind of consistent amongst all of us. Do we all understand what that means? Yeah. And, you know, when you have a breakdown in messaging and things not being sort of sort of Chinese whispers and things don't land in the right way, there's 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 always a, a breakdown somewhere in terms of somebody either not understanding why we're doing something, they've not been brought into why we're doing something, and so the message doesn't land well. So it's really focusing on those te- those members because it's like, that's how you do that. But equally as well, there's other things that I set up. So I recognize that, um, so in the structure, the layer, not two layers below me, yeah. which is our kind of our first line managers, I never engage with them, but actually they're quite a crucial link because they manage the coaches. Yes. So we, I was like, we, I need to have time with them. And so every week we had like what we call a pulse call where all the leaders come together so I knew like at least once a week they're getting a direct message from me and at least once yes. a week they can come back directly in, in terms of me. I also said, you know, we did the coach forum. I had office hours in terms of getting people to kind of have the opportunity to come and talk to me. But you as a leader, you set the direction. You set the direction. Mm-hmm. You take that time out to think, OK, we have the vision of the organisation of where we're going multiverse. But what does that mean for delivery, for example? Um, and from there, you sort of set in the tone of what we want to do and making sure that everybody's aligned and agreed with that. And then everybody else's sort of um, ways of working comes from there. Because, you know, there's times in the past where everybody goes and sets off their own OKRs and does their own thing. But actually, it's like, no, 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 we have to start at the top first. We yeah. have to agree first what we're doing. And then you then all go and set your priorities based on like what our top end priorities are. So yeah. that's, that's what's really key. So right people, really, really important. So and, and, and ensuring that, you know, there's the right um, cadence for communication, but also the space for them to express, do they understand that they're concerned? How do we alleviate yeah. that? I remember I had, um, 
I have different people in the team who have different strengths and weaknesses. And, um, and one of the strengths of one of my team members was that she was always devil's advocate. She always would pose the question of like, well, what about this? What about that? Yeah. And, I, and I, would, I would always message her after meetings and things like that, say thank you. Because, because of the way you always ask those questions, you're always making sure that we don't forget things and we're always making yeah. sure that we, we cover all bases. And I think that's really important. Oh, that's really good. And did you face any challenges as you grew in your leadership capacity? Yeah, I mean, lead, we face challenges all the time. If you think um, we're growing at pace and scale, mm. so you have a lot of new people in an organisation. So this is why really being clear on like what we stand for, what, we, what we're doing and the direction we're going in is, is really critical. Mm. Um, because as you get more and more people in, things can get diluted or they can become yeah. strengthened. So that is something that's really, really key. Um, hiring was a big priority. And again, hiring the right people. It always comes down to the people. If yeah. you hire the right people, then you know, they will produce the best work. Um, they all stay in the organization and, and contribute to what we're building. So, you know, we spent a lot of last year training and, 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 and focusing on and how do we hire? How do we become great hiring managers? Uh, so as, as a manager, like one of your priorities is to be able to hire well. You need to be able to hire great people and know what that mm-hmm. looks like. Um, yeah. So we, we really doubled down on that um, as, as a challenge that we were looking to overcome. And, and that, you know, you see the fruits of the labor now when you were surrounded by great people because yeah. we hired great people. I'd say other challenges is, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yes. So if you've never done this before, you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and sometimes you, you have a lot of firsts of like the first time you're seeing this or the first time you're doing this. And so mm-hmm. having mentors is critical because you can go and say, have you seen this before? What, what do I do in a situation? I remember working with an executive coach last year. One of the criteria for choosing her was that I wanted somebody who was a, um, a woman who had a family and had been in a very kind of senior role and you know managed big teams. And I was really particular about that because I really wanted to be able to talk to somebody who had been there mm-hmm. and is able to send and give really kind of contextual advice because mm-hmm. they've been and seen things. So it's brilliant for then helping you not make mistakes, but also just quickly solve things because you don't know what you don't know. So often, you know, it's that lack of knowledge that causes challenges and problems. So yeah. just admitting like, I don't know stuff. And I'm always in this, we call it, we're always in learner mode. We're always learning. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm never going to be like, oh, don't talk to me about that because I know everything. No, that's never been my approach ever. So. Yeah. And did, did you experience any career defining mistakes in your journey? And how did you bounce back from that? Yeah, I mean, question. <laughs> I mean, less so, um, less so multiverse, but I mean, I'm, I'm, it was a, something I shared, I mean, I shared on LinkedIn around um, you know, earlier in my career when I kind of sent very sensitive information to the whole region and had to then uh, make lots of com- calls to trainees and management trainees around performance rate while their performance ratings were now leaked to everybody in the region so yeah you know we all make mistakes we all do mm-hmm. things and I, and I think the key thing here um, and we talk about this a lot is creating a an environment where people feel okay to fail because mm-hmm. if they're afraid to fail they won't try things they won't do things and it actually really stifles uh, creativity and then you've got um, you know Simon Sinek talks about creating this circle of safety you create the circle of safety for your teams and they're not worried 
about, oh, if I do this, this will happen. Or if I do this, I'm going to lose my job. And then they can then focus their energy on like doing really great work. So that's really, really important. Um, knowing that it's okay to fail. But then when you do fail, it's okay, well, what, what is the approach? What do I do? How do I manage that? Yeah. And, I, and I think this is the defining moment because we all will make a mistake or mistakes. It's whether do we own up to it? Do we then look to resolve it? Do we go make amends? And then do we not repeat it? Uh, that thing of um, you keep doing the same thing. Mm. that's then often a problem so we, we all give grace for like mistakes 100% because we all do it I think it's when you kind of keep doing the same thing and, and the impact that it has um, can be sometimes far wide that's when it becomes a bit of a problem so if you find yourself in that situation mm. you know no it isn't the end of the world although it might yeah. feel so in that moment um, and work with your manager who hopefully should be able to support you through that in a really positive way yeah. And like what what is the next step what do I do how do I manage this um, and then one day you look back at it and laugh which I can do now because <laughs> it's probably like 15 years ago or what have you but it, you know at the time it was horrific but like yeah now it's like you know I remember and I remember that manager dearly um he was so kind so yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the thing from mistakes and often career defining events is that tendency to want to stop taking on new territory and, and, and new challenges and you'll say well you know I made a mistake I'm not going to do anymore I'm not going to push myself any any harder I think for me personally that would be one thing that would be a, a drawback because people respond to, to these events quite differently. For some people, they might be able to move on quickly. And as you said, if you if you have a manager that makes it even even worse when you're going through a yeah. bad situation, then it just gets even worse. So yeah, it's remembering not to stop, right? And just learn from those mistakes and and move on. Yeah. And you know, recognize that you will knock your confidence. It's normal. Mm-hmm. And it's in those times where you have to separate fact from fiction. You know, you might make a mistake and then you're like, they're thinking, oh, you know, they think I'm stupid now. They think I'm incompetent. And, oh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to put myself forward because what if it happens again? But just like falling off a bike or a horse or whatever analogy you, you want to, you have to get back onto it. And yeah. you have to push past that sort of fear because it will be a fear. Um, and you, your ego will be bruised and all of that sort of thing to sort of keep moving forward because you always have to ask yourself like what's the alternative so mm. I don't I don't do things anymore I don't push myself anymore I don't take risks anymore which is not an exciting life um, yeah. <laughs> and you know who wants to be in that scenario so yeah. often when coaching individuals and, and this sort of thing comes up it's always playing out like well, well what if you do nothing then mm. you know what if you decide to just stay in the state like how will that how does that work out for you and letting them like oh okay so my ego is bruised I'm you know my confidence is low how can I rebuild that how can I build that trust within myself and how can I you know get that quick win back yes. so that you can like remind yourself that oh yeah I am very capable I just made a mistake I can keep moving forward so yeah, yeah. excellent Chi. and just to close what can leaders do to ensure that the development of people that are coming through the ranks in the business is on track to produce a sustainable high performance? Big question. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, at Multiverse, our, our leadership model is a three R's, uh, recruitment, retention and results. So we recruit mm-hmm. A players um, because we know you recruit the right people and that's the first step in the game. Second piece about retention is about inspiring and developing people. So if you're constantly being inspired at work, um, you're, you're brought into the mission, you're excited about what is going on, and you're being developed, so you're being challenged, you're given autonomy, all these different things, 
then you will stay um, in, in your organization. And so leaders need to remind themselves that we, being a manager is a very, how we put it now, it's a very privileged position. Mm. It's very, it's hard work, but it's a very privileged position. People often forget the, the role that they play in the lives of their reports. So if you mm. think about it, you know, you go home and be like, oh, my manager said this, my manager did this, and da, 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 da. Yeah. like your whole family, your auntie, your, knows all about your manager. So if you're a manager who's not great, they'll know about you, but not for you being great and vice versa. So I always, you know, tell leaders, hey, you know, got to lead yourself first. You've got to lead by example, you know, mm-hmm. take care of the, the, the foundational things, but then get to know your people, get to know them. Why are they here? What motivates them? Um, and, and, and really focus on, on, on developing them um, keeping them inspired, keeping them excited about what they're doing. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons, you know, I enjoy kind of being a multiverse is that that inspiration piece has never died. You know, I am always being developed because we're growing so fast and I'm learning new things all the time. But what we're doing is game changing and it's never been done before. So every day you're like, we're doing this amazing, incredible thing and we're changing yeah. lives and we're giving access to amazing jobs to all kind of people. And so, and you're surrounded by people who are all aligned with that mission. So that in itself mm-hmm. is amazing and exciting. So as a leader, always be asking yourself, okay, how can I be um, moving this individual forward? How can I be helping them fulfill the dreams that they have in their lives? Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like right here in the now, you know, they might want to buy a house. They might want to go and do something big. Like how can I, in my relationship with them right now, support them with that um, yeah. and be there with them? So yeah. Oh, that was awesome, Chi Chi. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on scaling up in leadership. I really enjoyed listening to all the great points you made across the board. And there are lots of um, personal learnings to take away and implement on this session. So thank you so much for giving your your time to to She Leads today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.